Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you. Your outcomes in life are often a lagging measure of your habits. We think the thing that needs to change is the bank account or the test score or the number on the scale, but actually the thing that needs to change are the habits that precede those outcomes. Rather than making the goal the default, the thing that you focus on almost exclusively, let's make the system the default and then only check in on the goal occasionally to see if we're moving in the right direction. Achieving a goal only changes your life for the moment. It's actually not the thing that you're looking for. We think the results are the thing that needs to change, but it's actually the process behind the results. Like, if you have a messy room, let's say your bedroom is a mess, and you set a goal to clean that room, you can get motivated and do it for two or three hours, and then you turn around and you have a clean room for now. If you don't change the messy habits that led to a dirty room in the first place, then you turn around two weeks later and you have a messy room again. And so actually you don't need a clean room, you need better cleaning habits, and then your room will always be clean. Um, you don't need to lose weight, you need better eating habits, and then your weight will always be around where you want it to be. You don't need more money, you just need better financial habits, and then you'll always have enough money to manage the thing that comes up. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why small habits matter so much. They don't necessarily transform your life overnight, right, right away. Like, doing one push-up does not transform your body. But it does cast a vote for being the type of person who doesn't miss workouts. Or meditating for one minute might not give you an immediate sense of calm in your life. But it does cast a vote for being a meditator. The real goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to write a book. The goal is to become a writer. Because once you've adopted that identity, you're really not even pursuing behavior change anymore. You're just kind of acting in alignment with the type of person you already see yourself to be. It's kind of like true behavior change is really identity change. Because once you've changed that internal story, it's way easier to show up each day. You're not even really motivating yourself that much to do it. You're just like, this is who I am now. The technical definition of a habit is a behavior that has been repeated enough times to be more or less automatic. So things that you can do pretty much without thinking about them. Uh, unplugging your toaster after each use, or tying your shoes, or um, brushing your teeth. Things that you pretty much just go on autopilot when you do them. Now, we often use the word habit to mean different things than that, and we can get into this more. Like you might say things like, I wanna get in the habit of working out, or I wanna get in the habit of writing every day. I know what you mean when you say that, right? You mean I want to make it a regular practice. I want to make it this daily ritual that I follow. Uh, but you're never going to go like on autopilot and forget what you write for an hour, right? Like it's, it's a more effortful, conscious thing. Uh, and so we can talk about some of that distinction, particularly with making habits easy. What you really want to do is make the beginning easy and automatic, and then the rest of the routine can follow naturally, even if you're consciously thinking about it. So that's what a habit is. It's this automatic response. Now, why does the brain build them? What, what role does it play? Well, as you go through life, uh, you need energy to survive. And this is true not just for humans, but for all organisms need some kind of energy to survive. And getting energy uh, requires energy. You need to eat food to be able to walk around and find the next meal. Um, 
And using energy is expensive because the more energy you use, the less you have available for the other things that life throws at you. And so your brain is looking for ways to conserve energy, to conserve energy whenever possible. And habits are a great method for doing that. And it makes that whole process of finding energy, solving the problems of life, and getting through things easier. It requires less energy and attention and effort than it did before. I started to realize, similar to what I hinted at a moment or two ago, that both luck and habits play a role in life, but that you have control over your habits. And the funny thing is, we're building them all the time, but a lot of people don't feel like they have control over their habits. They feel like their habits are taking control of them, that they're like a victim of these bad routines. And once you start to dive in a little bit and like uncover the layers uh, and realize what a habit is and how it works, then you start to develop a little more control over it. And I think if we're gonna be building habits anyway, then it makes more sense to be able to understand how they work and how to structure them so that uh, you can be the architect of your habits rather than the victim of them. It's not that luck and randomness and uncertainty don't play a role in life. They do. You know, luck, luck is a part of all of our lives to a certain degree, both good fortune and bad. But by definition, you don't have control over luck. And your habits also matter. And I think that the reason they're so worthwhile uh, to focus on and understand is that they are the portion of your life that you can influence that also determines your outcomes. It's not just luck, it's not just habits, but one of those you have control over. And so it makes sense. The only reasonable strategy is to focus on what you can control. If you spend all of your time focusing on things you can't control, then you're just gonna end up frustrated. Talent and genes, uh, they play a role. And um, it's important, you know, people have natural uh, predispositions to things that make them better. But what you find is that nearly always when someone is a great performer in a particular domain, they are both well-suited, so naturally talented or have some kind of predisposition to that area, and well-trained. And so even if you are talented, you can't succeed without having great habits to, to execute and to fully realize the potential that you have. A lot of the time people talk about, you know, I want to have more money, or I want to lose weight, or I want some kind of result. But the truth is, your bank account is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning and reading habits. And so it's actually, we think the thing that needs to change is the bank account or the test score or the number on the scale. But actually the thing that needs to change are the habits that precede those outcomes. How do we come to believe things about ourselves? Because when you come into the world as a baby, you don't have any preset beliefs or notions. Um, that's not to say that, again, your genes don't matter. They certainly matter in some sense, like your, your height might be more or less baked into your DNA. Uh, but we all realize that if you grew up in a different culture or a different religion or a different uh, community or household, you could adopt completely different beliefs if that was what you were raised in. And so um, I was like, well, how does that happen, right? How, do, how does this internal story that we tell ourselves, our identity, become shaped and formed? And I realized that it's mostly through the repetition of that story. And uh, so what you come to realize is that your habits reinforce a particular identity. And sometimes this can be positive and sometimes it can be negative. The story could be things like, I'm bad at math or I'm terrible at remembering people's names or I'm not good at direction, uh, remembering directions places. Yeah. And all of those stories, that's just an internal story that you tell yourself, but each time you have an experience that reinforces that, the story gets solidified. And so I think the method, the, the takeaway here, is that every action you take is kind of like a vote for the type of person you want to become. 
And if you can master the right actions, if you can master the right habits, then you can start to cast votes for this new identity, this desired person that you want to be. I should say, goals do serve a purpose, right? It's not that they're useless. Um, they are good for setting a sense of direction and clarity, so figuring out where do I direct my attention, and they're good for filtering. And what I mean by that is it's very easy as you go throughout life for people to come to you with a different opportunity or you find out about a new uh, area that you're interested in and you start to say yes to things because, oh, this is new and exciting. But if you have a goal, it's much easier to say no to the things that intrude. A goal is focused on the outcome. Uh, a system is focused on the process. So it's the, the series of habits or steps that you take to get to that ultimate goal. There's sort of this like yo-yo effect, you know, right. like someone trains for a half marathon and then they run the race and that race motivated them to train for the last three or four months. And then the race ends and they stop, they take a week off, then a week turns into two weeks, and then two months and so on. And then they turn around like four months later and like, man, I haven't ran in months. Like I need to sign up for a new race or something. Because if it's all about the goal, as soon as the goal is achieved, you don't have that motivating you anymore. But if instead it's about being a runner, then <clears throat> even, when, even once you finish the race, you still have a reason to show up again the next week because you're, you're like, well, I just, that's what I do is I run. That's who I am. Right. And so I think that that's a more, in, in pretty much any domain, true long-term thinking is really goalless thinking. It's much more about being that person, developing that identity, following that system. Uh, and then you just happen to realize your potential along the way. It feels insignificant on any day, but then you turn around 10 years later and it's actually, you're surprised by where you end up. And that's a hallmark of any compounding process that the greatest returns are delayed. And so uh, habits are like that too. You know, they, they don't feel like much on any given day, but they really add up over the months and years. The cost of your good habits is in the present and the cost of your bad habits is in the future. And the fact that we prioritize the present over the future ends up making a lot of habit change difficult for that reason. Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you.